You're listening to The Bustle Huddle, and I'm your host, Caitlin Aber. Would you guys consider yourself fans? This week, we're talking about the meaning behind that word, from the geeky stuff like Star Wars and comic books, no shade, to casual hobbies like collecting old records. Why do we do any of this stuff? And why do some of us feel like we don't have any hobbies at all? Our guests include writer, comedian, and YouTube sensation Akilah Hughes, and Bustle's movie editor, Sage Young, plus a dungeon master. Yep, you heard that right. Our producer, Anna Parsons, gets schooled by a master of Dungeons and Dragons. I have to admit that the concept of fangirls sparked some insecurity in me, because I'm not quite sure if I actually have any hobbies or interests at all. I know that sounds kind of strange, but most days I feel like I just go to work, come home, and do more work. Throw some sleep in there, and that's my day. I know. I'm actually writing a piece about this for Bustle's upcoming package, all about superfans and subcultures. Two things I don't feel connected to at all. That's why I wanted to talk to someone who does all of these things on a consistent basis. Bustle movie editor, Sage Young. So, Anna, our wonderful producer, wanted us to talk because I think she thinks we're very different. And so far as I don't have a lot of hobbies and interests, maybe (laughs) none, and you do. I do. But how is it possible that you don't have hobbies and interests? What do you consider to be a hobby and an interest? So that's, that's a great question. So the hobby element of this is that time always seems like it costs me something. So mm. if I have free time, I will always find like a chore to do okay. or I should be making money. But all of that feels productive to me in a way that's not like this is a hobby. But I also realize that like a lot of people have hobbies and interests that are part of their identity. Mm. And I don't think I'm not one of those people. Like. You know, Anna said she thinks I have hobbies and interests, (laughs) but I think maybe what I have is aesthetic. So I think there's also an element of that um, where, like, you know, I don't think, like, decorating your apartment is a hobby and interest. So I don't know. What's your take on this? I'm not interested in decorating my apartment. So to me, that is an interest because that is something specific that you you are pursuing because you enjoy doing it. And for me, like, you know, my job, I'm a TV editor. That's my job. And that's also my interest. So a lot of the stuff that I spend my private time doing is also like fuels my job. I'm definitely into a lot of fandoms. Like I'm a huge like Doctor Who fan to the point where like I go to conventions every year and I have uh, I'm on podcasts with friends and I blog about it. So I've been able to kind of cross my interests and my job in a way that is that is really helpful. What fandoms are you a part of? So Doctor Who's a big one. Um, definitely Marvel. Like the X Files was like, oh my god, huge for me when I was a kid. That's kind of like how I found out what fandom was, and like going on the internet and being like, oh my god, like people are talking about this show all day long, and I can talk to them about it. And then like they write stories about the stuff that didn't happen that they wish happened. My other thing too is that like I'm a huge One Direction fan slash Harry Styles fan. I just like being involved. I think that's the best way to what kind does of the, like involvement entail. Like I would say yeah. like what is. If you're an adult woman who's really into Harry Styles, <laughs> there's only so far you can go. It's true. Um, 
So what what is it involved? Are you on like Twitter? Are you messaging other Harry Styles fans? Do you have posters over your bed? Like, tell me what this looks like. <laughs> oh yeah, like, you know? mine is like my room is so obnoxious, and I keep it all in my room because I respect my roommate. But yeah, I have like I have tons of not posters, but I really like the stuff that fans create about things that I love. So like fan art is huge. I also have photos everywhere of like I will. I am that person who will go to a convention and pay sixty dollars to like get my picture with John Bernthal because I love I don't know who that is. Pun- he's in The Punisher. <laughs> he used to be on The Walking Dead, but he's not anymore. So it's a great excuse to go and like have a vacation and like see some friends and hang out and around this particular event that's happening. And yeah, I'm on Tumblr a lot. I'm on Twitter a lot. I just like like to be involved in the conversation. One of the reasons why I'm like resistant mm. to labeling the things I do as like hobbies or interests or being a fan of anything Mm -hmm. is because other fans are so intimidating. I'm not like a joiner and I don't, I'm not like pursuing something in that capacity and that Mm -hmm. can be like a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes just like loving it for the love of the game, whether if that is Harry Styles, (laughs) (laughs) is also like a very lovely thing that I have a hard time with. So I I honor your... (laughs) Uh, fandom <laughs> in that regard. Did you have like a, like a favorite show or like a favorite singer like when you were younger? I've always had like people I really liked, but mm-hmm. I always felt like other people liked them more. So it didn't really make sense for me to like. <laughs> this makes me so sad. I, yeah. <laughs> it's very like Protestant work ethic. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I... People know I like Beyonce, but everyone likes Beyonce. I always say Beyonce is like liking cheese. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people are like cheese mongers, mm-hmm. but everyone likes cheese. But everybody likes cheese. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard for me. Like I love animals, but I don't, I'm not decorating my apartment. And, well, I guess I do have pictures of animals in my apartment. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Interest no. discovered. Um, yeah. It's, it's a tough one, but I would say like I like dabble. Mm-hmm. I don't commit. Yeah. And that's my problem hmm. in life. But yeah, I'm jealous of your passion and your uh, stick with itness on this. Thanks. So I think Sage had a really good point, but I wanted to get the perspective of someone who knows me pretty well. So I reached out to my friend Akila Hughes, who you might know from Twitter, YouTube. She's a comedian. She's been on Pod Save America. She's just an all-around busy woman. Um, and I wanted to know what she thinks about me and hobbies. This episode is about fans. Yes. Having fans, being a fan, and in the case of me, not really being a fan of anything. (laughs) You're like, I hate the world. (laughs) Okay, so let's start there. I don't hate the world, but I have a hard time saying that I have hobbies. Ooh, you know, honestly, when you asked me about hobbies, it took me a long time to figure out what I do that's just for fun. (laughs) Because everything is now for money. (laughs) Okay, great. So I I can identify with this. Um, I have a hard time doing something that won't get me any attention. Yeah. So like if I'm I'm writing something, it's never like a pure thing I'm doing just for me. Like I don't like knit. Yeah. I don't, um, not really into sports. Yeah. Um, I can't kind of like. You do have hobbies. You know what your hobby is? You like interior design. You love it. Your Instagram stories were like the most exciting when you were like redecorating your kitchen. And I think that that's legit because I painted my office Mm -hmm. recently and I'm like, this is what I like to do that like, I mean, in ways I would like attention. I would like people to see it. 
Yeah. But I am like, this is what I do that like people don't watch me doing all day. Right. I think that, okay, so. <laughs> That's your only hobby is making a new kitchen. Well, all right. So here's, when you say that, here's what I feel. I feel like Bobby from Queer Eye would be like, no, she doesn't really know like the skills though. She doesn't really like read the interior design books. Like I don't know tr- like traditional styles or like the history of certain things. That's like, fair. But so, I think that that's I think that that's valid because like when I think about hobbies, the first thing I thought about was my mother and her hobby now is art, and she probably can't name five like classically trained <laughs> artists. I think she can name maybe three, and like she just does it because she's like I don't know I I like it and like it's not great, right? <laughs> and no one would be like so she can't compete. There's nothing elite about it, but it's just like. This is how I like to waste my time. Certain people can have community and friends based on interests. Mm. Every Sunday there's a baseball game. Yeah. Every Monday there's a baseball game. Whereas I'm like, well, another Sunday to clean behind the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you think it would take for you to be into something? I mean, did you have hobbies growing up? So I've had flash in the pan moments of being like, I'm going to be the best artist or yeah. I'm going to uh, be the best writer or I am going to learn the flute or learn French and then I'm going to get so good at it that I'm going to go on David Letterman. I love it. I <laughs> so love it. the answer the is no. <laughs> yeah, I find that like my hobbies are ways to distract from my like deep existential loneliness. Like I just downloaded a piano app that teaches you like how to read music and then you just play along like there's an accompaniment so it sounds better than like it actually would sound. Yeah. But I'm like I'm playing along to Justin Bieber. Sorry. I'm so good. I mean, but your like interests I would say take up a lot of your time, right? There's a lot of time for hobbies. Yeah. Do you think you enjoy things like making videos and writing as much as somebody like might enjoy knitting or playing piano or watching sports? I, the thing is I think I enjoyed it that much when I wasn't getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm getting paid to do it, I'm like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> because there's like an expectation for how long it'll take and people comment and like their comments actually matter. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Like remember when I was in college and I just didn't want to do the paper. So I'm like, we're going to make a video and it's going to suck. But like, who cares? No one's going to see it. So now it's like, it is weird because I don't have like another thing and the internet is becoming so popular. So you just started this thing called Field Trip Club, which I think is funny because you're literally getting away from the internet with people <laughs> from the, the internet. internet. <laughs> so Field Trip Club, do you want to explain the premise? Yeah. So basically what I realized is like the reason why Instagram is so painful is that I scroll through and I'm like, I live in New York. But everyone else has better pictures, better experiences. Like, I never leave my house. And I I realized that I just don't have – I don't really believe in friend groups, but I do believe in, like, big groups of cool people. And so I'm like, if I just knew that there were people that were cool at different places, I would probably be more likely to go. Like, I don't want to go to the zoo alone. That seems like like a murderer. Right, (laughs) and one-on-one is, like, a little intense if you're like – New friend, do you want to go to the zoo? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even old friend, do you want to go to the zoo all day? So a huge group of people, I'm like, cool, there's no responsibility on my end. I'm just like, we're all going to be at the zoo. (laughs) And people have signed up to do it. And I just had an outing. People loved it. We watched the movie in um, Bryant Park. And did everyone know each other? Were they all like strangers? Um, I knew, so it was maybe like 14 people that ended up showing up. So I knew half of them. Um, And then 
total strangers. Before before you showed up today, I was like, hmm, I wonder. You have a lot of followers on Instagram. So these could be like total weirdos yeah, who are coming to murderers. I don't know why mur- I'm trying to make this a murder podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, if you had to say one thing to your fans, anyone listening, Akila Hughes fans, what do you want them to know right now? Um, that if you have existential loneliness, there are so many people in your city who feel the same way, and you can absolutely start your own field trip club yeah, and meet them. Get a hobby. Yeah, I think it's important to have hobbies outside of the internet, and I am trying that. I'm trying. Uh, Kayla, I could talk to you all day. I know. I love talking um, to you, Kaylin. So where can people see what you're working on, hear from you, follow you, become your fan, <laughs> well, stalk you, go to <laughs> Real, right? Well, uh, if you go to Twitter, that's where I spend all of my time, um, if you look up Akila, obviously, that's that's me. And I'm, I'm all over social media, but yeah, I would definitely just say keep your eyes open because I think that the rest of this year will be a pretty explosive year for you yeah i'm like for the whole world honestly (laughs) we're all barreling towards the sun enjoy your hobbies now (laughs) keep your eyes open because the sun is very bright and we're about to get into it new hobby sunscreen yeah part of my fear of hobbies is being a beginner but as you all know by now our producer anna parsons is totally fearless Dungeons & Dragons has been around since the 1970s, but it hasn't always been a welcoming place for women, or just new players in general. So when Anna told me she was interested in playing, I was a little skeptical. As a 30-something newbie, would she be able to find a seat at the table? So Anna, something I really respect about you is your um, excitement and um, interest in trying new things. My willingness to make a fool out of myself. <laughs> no, it's a positive. Okay. And you recently tried something new for the first time that you were super excited about. Yes, I did. You played Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, I've wanted to play my entire thirty-three years of life. Well, first, what held you back? You were just. I just didn't know how to play. Like, yeah. if you don't have any friends who play, if you don't. Have have a friend who's a DM, which is a dungeon master, in case you're wondering. Um, it's really difficult to get started. So I reached out to someone named Sarah Dietrich, who is a DM at Hex and Co. here in the city. And she kind of showed me the ropes and eventually actually DM'd a game between me and some of my best friends at Bustle. How'd it go? Well, let's just say not so well. There was some crying. There was some bleeding. Crying? There's no crying in Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, there is. There oh, is in this no. game. I, I was the crier. I um, but no, I did. I cried. Um, you'll hear that at the beginning of the game. It was just because the day was so stressful. So yeah. like, I'm just gonna play right now a clip of us choosing our characters, and you can hear just the chaos of us trying to build our fantasy selves. Okay, let's listen. Hi, you guys. Welcome to your D&D fly-by-night. And we all excited to be here? Yes. Yeah. I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? <laughs> I mean, there's been blood on the sheet. I've been, I've oh, been yeah. crying. <laughs> Anna came in crying, blood on the character sheets. It's been an exciting night already. <laughs> all right. So before this, I told you guys to sort of think about who you wanted to play uh, based on, you know, class, character, all that kind of fun thing. Uh, so what kind of stuff did you decide to do? What kind of classes did you guys pick? 
Uh, I, I picked a barbarian. I'm a barbarian dwarf now. Nice. I'm a rogue tiefling. Oh, yeah. I'm a cleric. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cleric? Yeah, what kind of cleric? Oh, I'm a cleric half-elf. Half-elf? Okay. Yeah, half-elf. I was told it was the hottest one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you were picking your character? Absolutely it was. Of course yes. it was. <laughs> Is that how you're picking your character? No. Oh. I'm a gnome. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you a gnome? Gnomes aren't hot. Because um, I'm a gnome bard named John Riverstone. Or are we supposed to say their names? I'm a barbarian dwarf named Nick, Nick Lachey. Oh, crap. I need a name. Hold on. Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey. Oh. was oh. married to Jessica Simpson. Oh, yes. At 98 Degrees. Yes. Of the Mulan soundtrack fame. Yeah. All right. I mean, thank you, Nick Lachey. <laughs> so you had never played Dungeons & Dragons before, and obviously you had a lot to learn. Who kind of prepared you for this big event? Sarah, the DM, actually came to Bustle a week before this game and taught me everything. So I'm going to play a clip of her giving me some starter points that hopefully you can use too. And at the end, you'll hear me shyly asking if she'll DM our first game. So for people out there who are listening and they're like, yeah, I've heard Dungeons and Dragons before, but I actually don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Can you explain it to them? Is it a board game? Is it a video game? What is it? Well, Dungeons and Dragons is a brand. It's a brand of storytelling that kind of started as a tabletop game, which means that you get your character sheet that you fill out. You have your little board in front of you with some dungeon on it, and then you all sit in a circle, and the dungeon master kind of walks you through the experience. All I know is that my mom got angry at my dad for playing in the 80s. My dad played D&D, and then my mom decided it was satanic and made him stop. I mean, it depends uh, what you do with D&D that makes it satanic or not, I guess. For me, I don't have any friends who play. I don't know anyone who's a DM. And I can't really find my entrance. I mean, it's hard because there's also a lot of stigma with Dungeons and Dragons for women in that it's not really our gig. It's usually for boys in basements. And based on shows like Stranger Things, on shows that really have been popularizing Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of people actually who have no friends who do this get into it through podcasts. For example, some popular podcasts are Critical Role with um, a very famous voice actor named Matthew Mercer. There's also Adventure Zone, which is with the McElroy brothers. That's how a lot of people also find their way yeah. in. So do you have to buy anything before you start playing Dungeons & Dragons? Yes, unfortunately, it is one of those games where they get you with that. There are ways around it where you can buy dice sets or you can use rollers online. You always want to get your first pair of dice, which is always the most exciting part of Dungeons & Dragons. Because okay. those are going to last you a while. So get dice. Get dice. If you are starting to even DM, you're going to need to know the player's handbook. This player's handbook gives you the basic rules of how to create a character, what kind of characters are in the world, races, classes, what sort of animosity exists between these races and classes, how weapons work and fighting works. When you're done reading that, you should read the Dungeon Master's Manual. Oh, wow. So does every player need to read the, what was it, player's handbook? You don't need to read it back to front. Usually there are step-by-step -step instructions on how to create your own character. So the book will essentially talk you through everything you need to do. The language is very hard to get used to if you are coming from a place that has no board game, tabletop game experience. Let's go back to the die. So you sure. say get die. Get die. But not just any die, right? Oh, dice. Dice. Yes. These aren't just any dice. This isn't from like Monopoly, right? No. Uh, these dice are very specific. You have a set. Um, I actually have a set with me because I'm on my way. Oh, can I see? Yeah, sure. Hold on. Let me. Oh, okay. Yeah, these are not dice. 
These are not <laughs> dice that I have, I have seen before. Okay, so so let's say you get dice, you got the player's handbook, and now let's go on the characters. So sure. characters, classes, races. All right. So, for example, let's talk about Lord of the Rings for a minute. What are some of the main things you know about the people in Lord of the Rings? There's a wizard. There's a hobbit. Oh, yeah. There's dwarves. Um, there's those tree people that was in the second boring movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's honestly, you just named some of the things that are in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the difference between race and class, a race is like your hobbit, which is called a halfling in Dungeons and Dragons, oh. which is a short little person who exists in the hills and the valleys, who exists a merry sort of existence. You have dwarves who you can be, you play humans, orcs. Um, Ents are not, unfortunately, playable, which are the tree people. You see that these tropes kind of thread throughout. We all kind of have a basic understanding. If we trust that basic understanding, usually you can see what goes on in Dungeons & Dragons. But I think it's important to understand how to fill out a character sheet when you start, because if you don't understand how the character sheet breaks down, then you're not going to understand how to make final judgments on rules when you're a DM. Because as the DM, you're functioning as basically the video game console and disc. Wow. Mm-hmm. But in human form. But in human form. You can talk a lot. You can make jokes. You can cry sometimes when things don't go your way, which happens a lot. Really? Oh, yeah. As in, Why uh, are DMs crying? DMs are crying all the time because players don't have their <laughs> together. <laughs> it's an epidemic. Happy tears, sad tears. You usually try to hide it, but uh, things never really go your way as a DM. Try not to plan too much. So if players don't have their together, then... Do the games just end sometimes? No, it's the DM. That's why we cry. It's the DM's job to pick it up and carry it forward. Dungeons & Dragons, at its core, is a collaborative storytelling game. I can only do so much. I have my plot with some little details filled in, but it's really up to the players themselves to make those details come to life. Mm. You can never really predict where it's going to go. You just know where you kind of want to take them. So let's go to the story. Where do they get the story from? Is it from their head? Is it from the book? Well, there are a few options. I actually have a campaign book in my bag right now. Oh, let's look at it. Sure. I'm a big nerd. This is the player's handbook, and I had a quote that I picked out for your podcast, if you want to use it, about how D&D is being more forward-thinking about women and people who play the games. Yeah. Let me find it for you. Because I was curious, like, Mm-hmm. As I was starting, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to turn this into an article. I was like, how much of this should just be like D&D for complete noobs versus D&D for women? I think that as a woman who had to teach herself how to play Dungeons & Dragons to be able to DM, I think that it's two very different things. A woman entering the fields of Dungeons & Dragons is going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage just because of how cis male it's been over yeah. decades yeah it always is going to feel a little hesitant stepping in and i feel as though a lot of women are a little more hesitant i have to coax them a little more but they're the ones when it activates it activates hard they get obsessed it's so much fun to watch but i have a quote it's about choosing your sex or gender and this is something new that they had put in for this You can play a male or female character without gaining any special benefits or hindrances. Think about how your character does or does not conform to the broader culture's expectation of sex, gender, and sexual behavior. For example, a male drow cleric, which is a dark elf, defies the traditional gender divisions of drow society, which could be reason for your character to leave that society and come to the surface. It's all about not conforming to binary notions. 
Ah, but I like that because it doesn't like deny the role that gender and sex would have in that society. If anything, I feel like you would apply some of your own prejudices or opinions and it comes out in your D&D universe. Exactly. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is a storytelling game, but as humans, since we innately storytell in our everyday life, it just makes sense that our biases come across in the game. And it's up to the player, the DM, really everyone at the table to sort of also explore that as well. Because the book even says you can use this as a reason to leave your society, as a reason to go out and explore a world. I feel as though a lot of women, a lot of minorities who aren't represented in major culture really should play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons because it allows us to expand beyond what we know to play with it in a safe place. It does push people to understand you can storytell in a way that is productive and respectful of everyone. So what do you normally play? Inter- oh, yeah. I- if you play, like what character do you have bias towards? I or have- sorry, class and race. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Class and raise. When I play, I actually DM more than I play, which is sad. I need to play more. But I usually play as a bard. Yeah. Yeah. I also like to try to mess with the DM when I when I play just to get sassy. Get sassy. So I actually I wanna play and I wanna get a group of girls at bustle. Would you want to DM? Hell yeah. Day? Hell yeah. I'm so shy. I like, aw. She's coming over to my table and she's like, can I sit with you? Exactly. And I'm like looking her up and down. I'm so afraid of game nerds. Like, <laughs> oh man, no, we're just as afraid of you. Don't worry. I would I would love to. I can design a campaign for the Bustle Ladies. Okay. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll compare schedules and figure it out. For sure. I'm so excited. So I want to, like, be there with you. I want to hear the action. Well, we recorded that, too, lucky enough. So enter the dungeon. No. All right. So now I believe you're ready to start. All right. All right. You all have a headache. It pulses and it throbs in your head. It's been there since you woke up, which is not very long ago, to be quite honest in the most unexpected of places. You wake up looking at the floor. You reek of ale. Absolutely disgusting. And your head hurts so badly. Each of you kind of begins to try to sit up. You guys got real messed up last night. You think. You can't quite remember what happened. And as each of you sit up, I'd like to go around and ask what you look like. So what everybody else will see. And when I say this, remember speak in I statements. And when if you do your character's voice, make it just a little different from your own. So let's start with the tiefling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm Princess X. Tiefling. I'm a demon. <laughs> I'm six foot tall. I have dark pink hair and my skin is glowing like a j-lo glow a j-lo glow you you look sun-kissed i look sun-kissed you yes. look sun-kissed is it fake we don't know and like i drink a lot of water yeah she looks hydrated okay good uh princess x you actually turn and you kind of need a minute by the way what do your horns look like yeah tieflings Ooh. have horns <laughs> can they like sparkle sure you dip them in glitter though they I don't do it on their glitter. own oh my god i would totally do that if i were a demon <laughs> Um, they're, they're, uh, well, my hair is pink right now, so they're like a silvery glitter. Okay. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm at a Kesha concert. <laughs> <laughs> you sit up. The, you can actually feel the glitter sticking to your face. You can taste it in your mouth. It has not been a good night. You turn and you take a look for your friends who you'd gone out for a night with at the tavern. What do you look like, ma'am? You sit up. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do I look like? I didn't write anything down, so I just, just make, make it, it up on the spot. Yeah, make it up. Um, so I'm a half elf. I have glowing red eyes, but they're nice. They don't seem that scary when you see them. Um, I have hair like Cher, and I'm human size, which is why it's so unsettling to just see a person with bright red eyes coming at you. Oh, I thought you meant about the Cher hair. I was oh, like, no. Cher's human size. Wait. <laughs> but like Cher in, in what movie? Yeah, in what oh. iteration of Cher? I was thinking like kind of vintage Cher, which is like really, really mm-hmm. long. And oh, I was thinking like big as in like Moonstruck Cher. Moonstruck Cher? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, if I'm like in a party mood, it'll be Moonstruck hair, but like right now it's not. You look up and you see your friend. Mm-hmm. Why is there glitter all over your lips? <laughs> um, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I am so excited to find out. Freaky baby cow. <laughs> so everyone's a first-time player, right? Oh, yeah. And actually, um, one of our players, Gabby, a.k.a. Nick Lachey, had um, really wanted to play in middle school, but everyone had told her no for the tell as old as time reason that women are not good at math what yeah and trust me this is just addition and subtraction like you can do it (laughs) she's just not she's not listening (laughs) sorry i was (laughs) (laughs) your dad just walked in oh my dad walked in the halfling with the pot belly does walk in with the mop how do i wait but i'm an orphan She's an urchin, probably. Yeah, I'm a street oh, okay. urchin, like a lot Yeah, no, she's, I think she's making a joke about your ugly father. No, not because he's ugly, but because he's a... Uh, you can't make jokes about my family. That's the one thing I'm like sensitive about. Here, but I thought it was your dad. Was I don't ha- have a family. It's a halfling. Oh, a halfling. Oh, never mind. I a halfling is sort of like a hobbit. Um, they're very oh. friendly. They're <laughs> very small. So he's around your height, actually. And he opens the door, and he looks at all of you, uh, and he gives a disgusted sigh and kind of rolls his eyes and starts... Mopping the floor, disregarding where you are currently sitting. <laughs> Speak your piece. Come on. Are you trying to? Pre- are you trying to intimidate him? Yes, because roll for one intimidation. <laughs> yep, roll for intimidation. So rolling for intimidation means you're going to be rolling a one d twenty, and you're going to add that modifier to it, whatever that number becomes. Why do you have to intimidate the tavern keeper? Tell us my skill. They're going to start a bar fight That's after the bar fight. <laughs> Nick Lachey, the dwarf, has an outstanding appointment that's going to make him not have to be part of solving this mystery, but he does wish you the best. Okay. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick Lachey. Everyone give it up for Nick Lachey. I can't believe believe he was here with us tonight. (laughs) All right, how's everybody feeling? It seems the energy kind of dipped a little bit. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I'm just really beat, honestly. Sure. So, Anna, I don't think that was um, exactly how you wanted it to go. It seemed a little rough. Do you think you'll ever play again? I mean, I can't speak for the others. <laughs> but 
but I really want to play again. I'm just going to have to not do it at the office because nobody wants to stay at the office for hours after we get off. Um, but instead, I'm going to go to a board game store. Cool. I heard you found one. Yes. You mentioned. I did. I did. 20-sided store in Williamsburg. I actually had the pleasure of talking to the co-owner, Lauren Belanco. For people who have never played and don't have friends who play, mm -hmm. what is their best bet to get into it? There is like a whole wide range of all types of role-playing games out there. Um, just to start, Dungeons and Dragons was the first, and a lot of people are very gravitated to that because they want, you know, it's it's a classic and that's the one that they want to learn. There is a starter box for Dungeons and Dragons, which is amazing. It has a player book in there that kind of has the basic rules, everything, you know, to help you build a character is free online to download. And then also, as far as a lot of like indie RPGs or other role-playing games out there, there's a lot that are just really great to kind of get the idea of what role-playing is about, where you can just kind of pick up and play. Fiasco is a great one. At 20 Sided, how many of the players who come in to play D&D &D or other RPG games here, how many would you say were women, like percentage-wise? For, you know, it's, I would say just in general, in gaming, it's, I think, women playing in a store has probably been lower than women playing at home mm -hmm. uh, with their friends. We have a lot of women that come and shop in the store. And for D&D here at the 20 Sided Store, we actually have a pretty good, like, pretty good ratio of, like, 50-50. I mean, most of my DMs are women. We have a ton of women players. Um, but I think as a whole worldwide, I find that most women... Uh, don't seek out public play. Uh, oh, I think that that's changing. So I think that with Dungeons and Dragons, we have a lot more women who want to participate in those games in public play. They want to meet other people that play those kind of games. Um, but I think when, when you get into kind of like tournament play and competitive play, there's the ratio I think is a little bit lower, you know, and I yeah. think, I think, but I, you know, again, I think it's not just, it's not just women. It's just new players. Uh, we, focus a lot on getting people to feel comfortable, to feel welcomed. We have a code of conduct and we're all here to have fun at the end of the day. This is a game. You know, this is right. something that we're all trying to do in our free time as a way to, you know, meet people and, and engage socially and get off of our computers. And, and the last thing you want is to feel uncomfortable or unwelcomed and uh, or, or that you're dumb and you don't know what's going on that is what's so terrifying is yeah that there are so many right. options like, right and the performance aspect like both those things combined I had a terrifying experience in improv class I'm not yeah well happy to recreate it in yeah front of my yeah and I think again I think that also is why sometimes it's harder to play with strangers you know yeah. because you you know and so like like here at the 20-side store, we, you know, we, we close up the curtain from the retail store so that everybody in the room is doing the same thing with you. So you don't have to feel as nervous. Now you've got this fun other thing that you can do for several hours. And the more you start to play a role-playing game, you really get invested in sort of the story. And I think that's why people like to listen to other people play D&D games. And I think that's why people really enjoy playing D&D games themselves is because it's like reading a book or it's like listening to a podcast or... Anything else where you're, where you're just really like, what's going to happen next? You know? <laughs> so in popular culture or media, what are the biggest misconceptions about D&D? Yeah, well, I think uh, nowadays most people are playing video games. And I think uh, there are a lot of role-playing-esque video games out there like um, 
Skyrim? Yeah, maybe? like Skyrim or... World of Warcraft? Yes, World of Warcraft. <laughs> Thank you. My, like, my mind is blanking, but yes, you're naming all I'm the like, big ones. Where are the orcs? Um, yes, exactly. So, so I think right now what we're seeing is a lot of people coming into a role-playing game with that idea of a video game of like, okay, there are things that I can't do. What is on my character sheet? This is all, these are the only things that I have that I'm able to do. Right. But a character sheet is really just so that it, it can help you kind of figure out who you are, what you're good at, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses. But when you're role playing, most of that stuff that you developed on your character sheet should have now at this point sort of become put to memory and, and you don't need to look at it. But I think a lot of beginners will like the dungeon master say, OK, you walk into that shop and now you want to talk to the shopkeeper. What do you do? And the first thing you do is you see every player's head look down onto their character sheet, like, well, okay, what does my character sheet say that I'm allowed to do in this situation? But you're more in the tabletop games and RPGs than you are actual I, like, console yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I would probably you would never see me again if I got into video games. Well, yeah, yeah, that's my <laughs> problem as like, well. It'd yeah. be like like a, a like a place of addiction that would suck me in, and right. all of a sudden I would lose my business and um, yeah, every, everything <laughs> would shutter down. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think that the game has changed you over the years? Like, changed me? Yeah. In oh terms man, of I feel or your like life. I feel like if I had if I knew about Dungeons and Dragons when I was in high school, I would definitely have like I was always very much into writing and obviously photography and filmmaking and I think that had I known about Dungeons and Dragons earlier I think that would have 100% pushed me more into the film industry and really pushed me more into writing scripts and directing movies um, and now that's all I want to do <laughs> you still can yeah I still can I am I will <laughs> Okay, that's it for today's show. If you're a fangirl of the Bustle Huddle, please rate and review us on iTunes. You should also join the Bustle Huddle Facebook group to continue the conversation. Let us know issues you want us to dive into on future episodes. More dungeons? More dragons? We're totally game. Next week, best-selling author and everyone's favorite advice giver, Cheryl Strayed, is returning for a second episode to discuss something super important. How to support friends through tough times. The Bustle Huddle is produced by Julia Shu, Michaela Heck, and Anna Parsons. I'm your host, Caitlin Aber, and I'll see you next week.